As our guest puts it, if it goes into your mouth, we want to know about it. Today's episode is about licks, sips, nibbles, and how they can really add up to sabotage your success without even knowing it. We've invited chemist and diet doc clinician of West Virginia, Tiffany Staggs, to dive into this topic. So many of our clients resonate with this and so many of our new clients struggle with this, right? It's the tracking of all the licks, nibbles, taking the food off of your kid's plate, right? That we forget to track and how, how often those calories can, um, you know, lead to you being a surplus for the week if you have a goal of, of fat loss. So let's just start off by diving right in, Tiffany. Um, can you just introduce yourself? Just give a little bit of a background about who you are. Sure. Um, thanks again for having me, Meredith and Alexa. I was lucky enough to meet you all last weekend at a coaching weekend with the Diet Docs. So I was super fortunate to meet you both. Um, but quick about me, I worked as a chemist for the last five years at a plastic additives company. So my whole life is experimenting, if you will, I'm pretty analytical, if you, well, lack of a better term. Um, I recently accepted a job to work for corporate. So now I do a lot of travel, but I still work for the plastics additives, just not as much experimenting. Um, so that's my daytime job, but my passion is I like to say changing lives. So, you know, West Virginia is one of the most obese states. Uh, my father passed away from type 2 diabetes and I made it my personal mission to make sure if I can, if somebody is in that situation, I don't want them to be. So that's my goal is to save them one at a time. So it sounds like your population is really the population where they're seeking better health maybe some body composition change, but that might be kind of the side effect of learning to eat well and move their bodies. Yeah. A lot of my gen pop clients are, Hey, I went to the doctor. I have these high blood pressure, type two diabetes, uh, fatty liver. Can you help me? That's the majority of demographic I have currently. Um, so yeah, that that's, that's what I primarily work with here in West Virginia. And you as well, Tiffany, we start off our clients with just learning what's in food and what food contains what macronutrients. So, so both of us kind of start off with having our clients just track their food. Like if you have no idea where you're at, it's hard to change anything. Right. So I know we're going to dive into to tracking and kind of how that works, but I guess like when you onboard a client and you, and you sit down in front of them and you know, they start tracking for the first time, like what kind of get, walk me through there. All right. So I do, like you guys said, I like to tell people I need a baseline. So I want to know what they normally eat for five to seven days. And I use minimum effective dose. So the smallest change I can possibly make in the beginning for the maximum result. So that's how I start. I want to see what you eat. And I always tell people, if it goes in your mouth, I want to know what it is. So that's where I start people. And then I start fine tuning things from there. I feel like too, like when I realized that, I mean, there's, so there's 3,500 calories, uh, in, in one pound, right? So if you are, tr if you have a fat loss goal and you want to lose one pound a week, that's 500 calories a day that you need to, to basically take away. Well, those licks and nibbles and eating the dino nuggets and the little extra peanut butter, like it's amazing how much all of those things can add up. And if a client, like you said, kind of hits that plateau, it's like, wow, you know, 500 calories is really not that much if you're piecemealing it throughout the day, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And um, 
it's crazy when you start tracking your bite licks and tastes. That's the first place I start. I'm like, all right, let's just put them in your log, whether you hit your goals or not. Let's just see it, you know, so we can kind of adjust from there. And it's pretty much as soon as somebody sees how much it truly is, they're like, whoa, like that could have been a whole, like that could have been my refeed meal or that could have been, you know, so then we kind of have to do a little bit of damage control from there, but it's, it's easily correctable. Um, another thing that I just started doing is I made a video and I take measuring cups from my house and I take my food scale. So I'm a pretty big fan of the food scale. I don't know if you all are, um, depending on the client, of course. And I took like um, cereal and I scooped it out and I said, OK, so this is what the serving is, a quarter of a cup. This is the macros. And then I took that same and I put it in the bowl on the scale and it was like way off. And I was like, you can see throughout the day, I was off on my pieces of bread. I was off on my cereal. I was off on my peanut butter that I scooped. And I said, this was truly a tablespoon when it's really not. I should have shaved the top off um, that there's 500 calories right there. And there's this like mindset too around oftentimes when like a client and I, and I say a client because I think all three of us have been there before too. So not try to like poke or, or point fingers, but I've been in that position as well where dieting down, I'm feeling good. I get in the hang of it, but then it stopped working, right? The right. tracking macros, counting calories, like that is what stopped working when really it's, you know, it's the tools in which that we have been taught to use, we just kind of lack using them a bit. And, and that normally happens when we have that like dieting fatigue, or we're just kind of like, okay, this is not as exciting as it was when we first started, but then it's twofold because then at that point, it's like, Hey, now that you're kind of fatigued from it, let's dial it up and start weighing everything again. But I think the data is what then shows the client and it, it shows us too, like, what is not working? It's, it's not the process. The process has been working for the last, you know, six, seven months. It's the application of the process. And that's a delicate line to really, you know, to straddle with a client. Oh yeah. And I've, I've absolutely been there, done that and got that award. And I know I still will do that again later where I have to kind of hone myself back in and say, wait a minute, did you lick, did you weigh out your Greek yogurt into the bowl and then lick that spoon. Cause I've done that too. And then I'm like, Oh man. So, um, it's just these little things that you kind of forget over time that makes nutrition consulting so valuable because you kind of have that third eye looking in saying, Hey, I noticed that you're eating a lot of things. Like I said, like yogurt or peanut butter, things like that. Are you licking the spoon? Like, are you, putting it out into your bowl and then being like, I just want a little bit more for flavor. And, um, it's, it's that third eye. That's, that's, it's just invaluable. I mean, you can't, can't put anything on that. It's awesome. There's a reason all three of us still work with nutrition consultants and we are nutrition consultants. Yeah. And I was going to say too, sometimes it's like purposeful and we call those people macro assholes. We've all been there, right? Like, well, (laughs) I ate that. I'm not going to log it. That's called being a macro asshole. Right. But sometimes, and I'll give you an example of being a mom, like sometimes it's just habit focused. Like I didn't realize how much I was just like, Oh, I'm taking this plate and going to like go through with the trash. Oh, there's chicken nugget left. Like not on purpose. Not that I wanted the chicken nugget, but more of like a, 
I don't know if it's just the way I grew up of like, oh, I don't know, like there's still food on the plate, like that could go to waste. Let me just eat it quick. Like you didn't need that. But for me, it was more like training my mind of like, okay, it's perfectly okay. Just throw that food in the trash. It's all good. Or like, I don't need the the chewed up, spit out little piece that's left. Like, um, or, you know, if I'm giving my kids, you know, animal crackers or snacks, like I don't, it, it took me time to build that habit of like, I don't have to like put three in my mouth before I give my toddler three. Right. So sometimes it's on purpose, but sometimes I feel like it's just habit and like working through those and talking, talking through those. Yeah. I, I, another thing I start out with, I love working with moms. I know you are mom, Alexa, you're the mom queen. Um, I love working with moms, but it, I always, when I onboard somebody, the first thing I ask, I say, do you have kids? Are you in a relationship? What is it? What are the status of those two things? And when they tell me, oh yeah, I have kids X age, I go, oh, I love you guys. You guys are like the least wasteful people I've ever met on the planet. Like, you know, you're the automatic garbage disposal and like it clicks. They're like, oh my gosh, you're right. I am at like a disposal, you know, why I'm not going to waste that. And like you said, it comes back to how you grew up and my older clients. I'm like, how did you grow up? I always ask them this. I'm like, did you grow up that you finished what was on the plate? And they're like, yes, that's exactly how I grew up. I'm like, okay, awesome. We can keep that mindset of I'm going to finish what's on this plate, but we're it's what's on the plate and that's it. And I think too, like, you know, being a mom myself and working with other moms, you know, I let them know that that's okay. I don't want them to feel like they have to sneak it. Right. So I'm just like, Hey, if you ate it, just log it. So sometimes I'll see logs where it's like, you know, I had like my chicken, my broccoli, my brown rice, and like four Skittles and five animal crackers, right? Like just be truthful. And, and there should be some freedom in that knowing that like, it's not saying you can't do that. Like, you know, if it's easier for you and it's a win for you to have it rather than to play the game in your mind of, I can't have it, then just eat it and log it and account for it and move on. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I'm in that same situation. And uh, like I said, I, I think that they're deep, like you said, deep rooted um, what how you grew up and now you're fighting this. Maybe you're, you know, you're 30 years old. You've been doing this since as long as you could remember, maybe six. So you've been doing this for 24 years. We've been working together for three weeks and you're not going to be perfect. Like I promise you that. And I, that, so sometimes when I get clients that could kind of get down on themselves after a couple of weeks, I'm like, think about it. There's 52 weeks in a year, you know, you 20 years, you've been doing the same habits. And now in, you know, six weeks, you think it's going to, you're going to be perfect. You're not. So if you really look at it from that, that large of a perspective or time frame, it kind of puts it into perspective of, wow, this is, this is habit changing. And I try to remind my clients of, do you remember where you started and where you are now? And I love when those clients then realize like, oh, like I have been eating these indulgent things and I haven't been tracking them. And then us as, I think there's this perception of we're like the macro police. It's like, no, like if you can't live without, you know, a little Debbie cake, like let's learn how to eat it. And then like, I'm telling you to eat it and track it. So then you can actually see how you can still attain your goals, live the life you love and eat a little Debbie cake. It's so, for me, it's exciting when they then give themselves permission to eat the food and track it of the food that they're not thinking that like, oh, well, my coach, you know, is expecting me to eat X, Y, and Z. It's like, no, we're just expecting you to track X, Y, and Z. And then we can help coach you how to 
you know, optimize what it is that you're consuming. So do you both have coaches? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's another point I like to make to them. Like you said, coming back to being the macro police, um, as my siren plays in the background, wee, wee, wee. Um, I, I have a coach and my coach is wondering, hey, what, what's going on just as much as I am? So I, I, I try to be very transparent and say, you know, we're not really meant to do this on our own. Like I have a coach. You have a coach, Michael Jordan had a coach, you know, every Olympian when the Olympics were going on, I was like, those Olympians have coaches. Like, you know, this, this is super normal. Um, it just kind of humanizes the behavior. I do have another question for you all. Um, have you ever noticed things like water additives? So like the Mio's and, you know, the little packets that you put in your water and stuff. Um, those all have like around two grams of carbs I know in the packets and then the squirts of meal I'm just like eh, every couple squirts is two throw it on your log and uh, I sometimes I can't get people to come out with that they add water additives I'm like you can do that but we got to know about it and then we need to talk a little bit more about revisit metabolic positioning and what's happening when you're not drinking your straight water because I have a lot of people that are like I'm drinking my water because that's another question I ask and like how's your water intake they're like, oh, I'm drinking, you know, three gallons a day. I'm like, how? Like, how are you physically drinking that regular old water that much? And then I uh, had a client that I see at physically in person at the gym. And she was putting her, she was filling back up her water. And I watched this, this Mio thing come out. And I watched like half of it go in her water bottle. And I was like, oh man, can we talk about that for one quick second? And, um, so that's another thing to think about. I don't know how you guys feel about water additives or how you guys do that with your clients. I mean, and it's not even just with water. Like there's, there's so many things that are like red flags, I guess, for me. Um, I mean, I guess the end of the day, what I tell my clients is if, if you're eating something, it says zero calories, that it's, it's wrong. Cause there's gotta have something in it. Right. So um, I think there's like, they're called like miracle noodles um, with additives, like obviously just even like pop claims zero calories yet, you know, we know that that obviously affects progress, um, water, things like that, then they're adding the meal to the water. Um, so there's a lot. And again, it's not to say that any of those things are bad. Like we're not being the macro police again, like Meredith said, but when we do hit these points of, of, you know, things are stagnant or maybe a plateau, those are things to dive into because it, it, a lot of times what you find with clients is they're gravitating toward these like diety foods, right? Because they're like, I'm on a diet. I need to have like the fake sugars and all this stuff. And really that's what's holding them back from seeing more progress. The sugar alcohols are a big thing that I've been working with, with some clients because, you know, they, they get to this point where they they're playing this like macro Tetris because it's like, Oh, my coach is like wanting me to hit these macros. And that's where those like diet foods come into play. And I'm like, Hey, like one, like if we're consuming all diet foods, like our gut is going to be pissed, like regardless of her macro count, like our health is going to be compromised. Um, but then just educating them on like food labels and, and looking at not just macros, like, Hey, let's look at the ingredient list of like the frozen chicken you bought. If there's like seven ingredients in that, like, we're not just eating chicken at that point. Um, it's the same thing. Like I'll use myself as an example, as I sip on an Alani new pre-workout, like it's saying 10 calories, 
But if I look at the macros, zero fat, zero protein, five grams of carbs, like red flag for me, because I can do math, <laughs> right? Four calories per one gram of carb, five carbs doesn't equal 10 calories. But the reason is because um, the sugar alcohols in it. So again, this is going to be like way down the road for a lot of our clients, because it is, we're trying to take nutrition science and you know, scale it down to a digestible level. But when we start to work with clients for months on years and things stop working again, it's not the process. It's not, you know, the macros aren't adding up anymore. It's, Hey, let's actually dive into even more science and realize you're not, you're, you're unpurposefully sabotaging yourself to an extent, which is, which is a tough conversation to have, but I think it's very insightful when they have all the knowledge that, you know, we want to just like pour into them, but when it's right to equip them with the tools and the knowledge, and it's like such a game changer because then maybe they don't need us down the road. <laughs> the most probably, um, sneaky of them all, right. Is alcohol. I mean, how many times have I heard somebody say like, well, I drink white claws because there's only two carbs. And I'm like, oh, they're lying to you. And it's like, I can see them kind of melt when I'm like, oh, unfortunately, again, like Meredith said, do the math. If it says there's only two carbs, zero protein and zero fat, we know there's four calories per gram of carbohydrates. Four times two is eight. That can should read that there's eight calories, not whatever it says, 100. Right? So I that's a really good point. So when I get the question of alcohol, uh, typically how I answer, I don't know how you guys do, but like the Michelob ultras now they're coming out with crazy versions of Michelob ultra, like extra, extra, extra light. And it's like 90, it says 92 calories, but two carbs. So then you get a food log that says two carbs in it. And I'm like, wait a second. If I do 92 divided by four, that's 23, that's 23 carbs. Um, so I pretty much blanket statement have them if they're going to drink white claws and things like that. I'm like, just throw 25 grams of carbs in there for safe, safety purposes. And that's kind of how I've been rolling with beer specifically right now. And then, you know, you get into other, other sources about, you know, liquor, liquor and whatnot, which is another story, but no, that's a, that's a really, really good point. And it, it that's a, uh, you know, I tell people, the FDA, the food industry, they're allowed to lie. Like they don't have to tell you the calories. Another one is like protein bars. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but protein bars, I think they're like 50% of the time wrong. Or it might be even a larger number than that. Cause I know there's been some research studies where they've literally taken a protein bar, put it in a lab, tested it. And it, like the Lenny's and Larry's, I think that was one of them. It, it's double the macros that it says it is just purely out of a selling point. So sometimes if you pull things like that out, they're magical miracle weight loss again. And I don't want to get too far off subject either, but another interesting thing for me is, you know, if you see something that says like, this is a keto cookie or keto bomb, you know, I laugh and I look at the back and I'm like, what about this is keto? Oh no, nothing. Actually, they just wanted to use the name keto so it would sell. But if you are educated enough to know what keto is and you turn the package around you're like actually it's no different than this regular protein bar but this one says keto so it sells <laughs> or uh, i really wish i would have came up with the keto diet because it's an excuse to sell bread for seven dollars a loaf instead of a dollar 88 
<laughs> I actually, I was in a grocery store in uh, um, New York for my job and I had a flexible dieting Institute shirt on and I'm like walking through the bread aisle to like buy my groceries for the week I was there. And I'm walking through the bread aisle and I see these people with this, like they were like reading this keto bread and da da da. And I like flipped around and I was like, I'm not trying to like tell y'all what to do at all. I just was like, you know, if you want to save some money, the amount of money of what's in your cart for all these keto fat bombs, keto breads, keto bars. I said, you could literally pay a consultant, probably they're cheap, cheaper than what you're spending on these groceries. And they were like mind blown. And we had a little conversation in the grocery store. So again, sorry, not trying to get off track, but. So in line with the, our theme today of tracking. So, so Tiffany, if people want to continue this conversation with you, like how can they find you? Where can they connect with you? Sure. Um, my email is tiff at the diet I love to talk to people, extend the conversation. And um, my Instagram is staggered T. It's long. It's my last name with the letter T. So S-T-A-G-G. E-R-E-D-T. And we'll throw that in the show notes. We thank you so much for your time. And I feel like this topic is a conversation that we have with all of our clients. So y'all, if we're not working with you, like now you have a, a insight into how the three of us nutrition consultants really dive deep into how the heck to flexible diet. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Tiff. Thanks for having me.